Hello, everyone. This is the Lockdown Indians podcast, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of Scout and 24-7 Sports. Uh, this week, I am on the road. My computer is not with me. I mean, I'm going to be using some different ways to record myself, so bear with me on this week um, if the quality isn't quite as good or if there's any other issues. Starting next week, I will be back at home, and everything will be back to the way it is typically. So... Uh, if you're using Himalaya, iTunes, Google Play, it's not them, it's me. On today's podcast, we'll take a look at the horrible weekend that the Indians had, take a look at all three games one at a time, discuss some of the pitching woes, some of the offensive woes. We're going to spend some time talking about Jose Ramirez and what's going on there, and then we'll finish up with a look at some of the transactions the Indians made. So as previously mentioned, we're going to start off with the first game of the series, which saw Carlos Carrasco fail to get out of the first inning, giving up six runs on six hits and a walk. This was his second poor start out of three so far. Very disappointing after the last start, where he did quite well for the Indians. So uh, the regression is never something we like to see. His velocity was down. Um, I saw a lot of comments and tweets on the evening that, you know, is something wrong there? Is he hurt? Is he starting to show some signs of regression? There was a lot of concern um, for a pitcher who's been as good as he is. It's not uh, not what anyone wanted to see. If there's one uh, thing to take away positively, I think, from Friday's game and from this weekend, has been Nick Wetgren, who uh, Terry has relied on in every game in this series almost. Maybe every game. i got to look at Saturdays. And uh, just come out and done a fantastic job. Offensively, it was nice to see Jose Ramirez get an extra base hit. Nice to see Naquin go deep. But other than that, it was a really rough game for most hitters. I mean, Santana had three walks, so that's a good game, obviously. And uh, Leonis Martin has uh, has definitely been stepping up, and we saw that this weekend. You know, uh, Brad Keller is the best pitcher that uh, Kansas City has had this year. And, you know, he... Definitely outpitched Carrasco and was able to, uh, you know, the 10 strikeouts is not surprising when you look at the ridiculous amount of free swingers in this lineup. Again, headlined by the by Eric Stametz and his really odd combination of high strikeouts, low walks, low power, low average, low on base, low slugging, and... Uh, defense that has not quite lived up to what we've seen before in the minors. So that was Friday's game. Uh, I wish I could tell you it's going to get better, but it's, it is and it isn't. Um, Saturday, 3-0 shutout. Uh, Brad Miller managed two hits. Those are the only two hits the Indians got in the game. Kevin Powecki and Leonis Martin both got walks. And that's about all they wrote in terms of the Indians offensively. Uh, Max Morhoff, uh, three at-bats, three strikeouts, continuing his level of production. The Indians were facing Homer Bailey, who has not been effective in years. He struggled with injuries, and he shut him down. Seven innings, two hits, two walks, six strikeouts. Not something anyone would have predicted before it started. On Cleveland side of things... 
Jeffrey Rodriguez pitched better than I could have hoped. I mean, I've pretty much been on record on here that I didn't have a lot of faith in him as a pitcher. His production in the minors never matched up to his stuff, and he looked like one of those power arms that was always going to tantalize and never put together. He was hitting 97, 98, 99 in the game. Only three strikeouts, though. Again, that's troublesome. Five hits, two earned runs, but no walks. He did give up the one home run. Uh, Cody Anderson making an appearance for the first time in a few years. He went two innings, two hits, one run, a walk, and two strikeouts. You know, it's it's a solid performance by Rodriguez in that situation. He definitely earned himself another start. I don't expect him to uh, to have another performance like that just because he's always struggled with control, so it's really unusual to see him have a zero-walk game. He was sent back down to the minors as they kind of shuffled things, but you have to think he'll get another opportunity after that performance. And Sunday. Well, should we start with the positive? Leonis Martin, 3-for-5, his third home run of the year, currently placing or currently leading the Indians in home runs. Uh, Carco went one for five, and I, I don't know what they're doing still. Like, it's it's his first game in the majors. He was not super effective. Any change that he wasn't effective at all anywhere outside of Colorado last year. So that's bad. Him third. Perfect sense. Very logical. Um, rest of the team. Uh, you know, Santana scored a pair of runs, had a hit and a walk. Trying to see if anyone... Uh, Jake Bowers had two hits and a walk. But the rest of the team, it's, you know, it's not a lot of offensive performance, which is kind of surprising when you look at the fact they scored eight runs. <laughs> On the other side of things, let's just get into it. Corey Kluber, another bad outing. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who are getting ready to tell me I told you so saying that he was likely already washed up, he was done, that uh, they needed to move him in the offseason before his value completely went away. And after three starts, it's it's been a rough go for the, uh, for the former Cy Young winner. We'll see how it goes. I'm not really willing to leave anyone for dead at this point unless they have a previous track record of struggles or lack of success. Um... Wetgren didn't pitch on Saturday, so it was just the the Friday and Sunday appearances, both over an inning with no runs given up. Adam Simber's performance so far this year has been really encouraging. He went two innings, didn't give up any runs. Brad Hand ended up blowing it for the Indians in the ninth inning. Um, I agree with using him in the ninth in a tie game. I've never been the person who's afraid of that. I think you want to go out there and there's nothing worse than leaving your best pitcher on the bench. So they made the right call, unfortunately. It uh, just didn't come together for the Indians. And Hand, who's pitched very well so far this year, uh, wasn't able to get together. Tyler Olsen uh, has been a little bit uh, up and down. It was a rough game for him Sunday. Friday, he also got a, a long look. Neil Ramirez, I'll get into later. But... Uh, yeah, the Indians entered the series 8-4 for a three-game set with a team on a 10-game losing streak. Got swept. Uh, two of the games, 
had almost no offensive production, and in two of the games, their all-star level pitchers uh, crapped the bed, for lack of a better term. It was uh, not a fun weekend. If you're an Indians fan, if you're a Royals fan, I bet it was a blast. I feel like I should make some kind of bad joke about blasts here as I go into the uh, sponsor break. But uh, BlueChew.com is our sponsor. It is the little blue pill. If you've ever been curious, you've ever wanted to try, and you got five bucks to spare, you just got to send that to them. Uh, You're paying for the shipping. You'll go to BlueChew.com, fill out their questionnaire, use the promo code MLB. You'll get a free trial for five bucks. So this is your chance to try it. BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. So as mentioned before, the the last few bits of this podcast, I'm going to try to figure out what's going on with Jose Ramirez, and then I'm going to discuss some of the uh, transactions that have been made over the weekend, as there was quite a few of them. So when it comes to Jose Ramirez, the last, frankly, three years, he has just been... Um, yeah, borderline MVP type of uh, talent. So what's changed this year? Why has he gone from that to an extreme lack of production? And when we look at his stats and his advanced stats in the small sample size of 15 games, 61 plate appearances, 57 at-bats, the first thing that stood out to me at least was his walk percentage has just gone away. This is someone who pretty routinely would walk more than he struck out. And that just is not happening this year. He's only walked two times to 10 strikeouts. You go back um, last year, he had 106 strikeouts to 80 walks. His walk percentage was always um, really strong. And that is part of my concern. During his time in the majors, his walk percentage is nearly nine and a half. Last year, it was an obscene uh, 15%. This year, he's at three and a half. That is a dramatic change. His strikeout percentage, which for his career has been around 11 in the last few years, has been right around 11, is up to 16. So he's not walking. He's striking out more. His BAPIP shows a degree of unluckiness. A 290 BAPIP for his career so far this year, it's a 160. At the same time, if I go to Handy Dandy Baseball Savant and look at the numbers, his hard hit percentage is under 50%. His expected batting average is near the poor area. His expected weighted on base is near poor. His expected slugging is below average. His exit velocity is right about average. And his sprint speed numbers are good, as they have always been. That's one area where he really excels. But the, uh, you know, he's, I don't know what's quite wrong with the swing and the approach, but it's clear something is. When someone who has always been a patient hitter who does not strike out a ton, does not, uh, but does walk, is all of a sudden reversing those two fields and striking out at career highs and walking at well below career lows. In terms of just some of the, you know, the basic things with him, his uh his barrel percentage is down this year, which is, you know, um if you're listening last week I discussed how that's basically like a quality at bat 
it's the measuring the likelihood when you kind of have all the right ingredients the you'll have a higher um, likelihood of getting a hit his exit velocity is actually higher than a year ago his launch angle is higher and when I look at those numbers I just can't help but think back to last year when he got close to 40 home runs and it seemed like he was pressing a bit and trying to get more power and seeing that that info there makes me wonder uh, again so we have a guy who's hitting the ball harder than a year ago hitting at a greater angle striking out more walking less all of this shows me a guy who's being too aggressive still that there's a chance that he is selling out for power and unfortunately it is not producing results for him uh, just something to consider, something to look at, because it'd be one thing if he was just bad or average or not as good, but he has been awful so far this year. So transactions. A few of these happened. So if we go back, the Indians sent Jordan Luplo down to the minors as he was one of the centerpieces, along with Max Morhoff of that Eric Gonzalez deal. It's hard to look at that deal as anything positive at this point, as Morhoff has been awful, and they've already given up on Leplo as a platoon bat. Um, they also sent down, so they could call up uh, Anderson and Jeffrey Rodriguez, they sent down John Edwards, who had been extremely efficient out of the pen, and I mentioned before I'd bring up Neil Ramirez again, uh, Edwards had been effective, Ramirez has not, and Ramirez has a long history of not being effective. I don't know, I mean, I get it. If you designate uh, Ramirez for assignment, you know, he has to pass through waivers, There, he doesn't have any options left, Edwards does, but, uh, I mean, these are guys at the, the very end of your roster. Um, I would be trying to put the best team on the field and not being worried about losing a... 100% replaceable arm like um, Ramirez. So after Rodriguez's start, and to make room for cargo on the 40-man, they had to make a, a few moves, and they sent Rodriguez back down to, to the minors and put Clevenger on the 60-day disabled list. So I think we can pretty much count on the foreseeable future. Cargo is going to get every chance to hit. Um, I think Rodriguez definitely earned himself another start when the time comes. And we'll see what they do when it comes time for Jose Ramirez, or not Jose, for Francisco Lindor and Jason Kipnis to return to this roster. Uh, Lindor is going to start his rehab assignments on Monday, and it sounds like he is really pushing to get on the field as soon as possible. I have some concerns there because it was him being a little too hyper-aggressive that caught, led to the second injury. And as stated in other podcasts, you know, a calf injury led to an ankle injury, and sometimes those calf injuries persist. So I'll have to pay attention, see how things go. Um, it's a bad way to start our week, but hey, the upside is there's only we can only go up from here. Thank you again for listening on the Himalaya app, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, wherever you might listen to podcasts. Rating and reviewing is huge for our little podcast. Thank you for continuing to listen, and as always, go Tribe!